What's up, peeps? This is the Ebb and Flow Podcast. I'm Evan Britton. Special episode with you guys today. It's with my brother, Gus. My blood brother, Gus. It's been a minute since we dropped in. It's a cultural breakdown. Catching up on current affairs, AI, all the stuff happening in the world, the craziness, and looking for solutions. As always, that's our goal. It was a really fun one. Always love hanging with my brother Gus, talking with him, dropping in. So you guys will definitely enjoy this episode. This episode is sponsored by New Fit, our good friends in Austin, Texas, Garrett and Company. Uh, We will have an episode with Garrett coming down the pipe, talk about the technology, talk about New Fit, his journey coming into wellness. But this product is state-of-the-art. It's absolutely an incredible technology that expedites, quickens the healing process in the body. All the natural processes that the body's already going through, it helps to speed up that natural process. Taps into your nervous system using electrical currents, heal injuries, build strength, Optimize the functionality of your total body system. It's fantastic. Um, Check that out in the show notes. There is a link. Head over to new.fit for more information. You can also check out our page, new.fit forward slash ebb and flow. Use code ebb and flow to get a deal on that product, on that device for your home gym, your practice. If you're a a physical therapist or someone who this could benefit your work. It's also available to you as well. Um, finally, this podcast is also sponsored by Quicksilver Scientific. Love Quicksilver's products. All of them, Membrane Mend, The One, Nano Fuel, uh, so many good ones. It's liposomal delivery of adapted, ancient adaptogenic herbs and roots. Really fantastic stuff. Great for energy, cognitive function, immune support, all the stuff that we need to feel good and live well. Check that out. Use code ebb and flow at quicksilverscientific.com. Lots of love to you guys. Enjoy this episode. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension, a gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the Ebb and Flow. All right, y'all. We're back in the saddle. It's the Ebb and Flow podcast. First one in... It's been, I mean, it's been 10 months, I think. Has it really? 10 months since the last episode was recorded. Feels good. Back on the mic. Took a year. Had to turn it all down to zero. 
Uh-huh. That was a big move. Why'd you take a year? You took a year <laughs> off, but you you really you mean you took a year off the podcast. I took a year off doing the pod. Uh-huh. I was going through a lot as you know. As people who have been following the journey, they know a lot of personal changes. Yeah. Um and it was around last April, April 2022, I just hit this wall, man, and I could barely, I could barely open up the laptop to even look at doing another podcast mm. or sending another email or, right. I was on my way to go do Sean Stevenson's show, the Model Health Podcast. Uh huh. And I'm on the 101, and I just, mom called. Uh huh. Just to check in. You know, I've been living here. Yeah, yeah. With you and mom came back from Italy and then <clears throat> she called just to check in and I just burst into tears, could barely breathe. Mm. Did you end up doing the podcast? I with did him? the pod. It was a great pod. Had a great time. Great podcast. Noah was there actually. And um I just came out of that podcast and I thought, you know what? I got to just take a break. I need some time off. Yeah. Need some time to recover, rejuvenate, pull myself together, take a little time, grieve this transition. And it was really Mm. powerful. It was a really powerful experience for me. In the process of turning it all down to zero, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about how I have, for the longest time for my entire life basically i validated myself through how much i'm doing mm-hmm. how much effort i'm giving how much money i'm making how successful i am what my output is and i'd totally blown myself out i was totally burned out washed up had no energy left to give <laughs> yeah you well- know well, it's interesting you say that because I started doing, um, uh, I'll do like writing workshops now and again, and you know, some in person, some on Zoom, some in groups, some with just individual. And I did one where the the uh, kind of essence of it was, well, first of all, it was like writer's block is dead. But then what I really came around to was like seasonal creation. You mm. know, whenever I was in Martha, our Aunt Martha, who's a very prolific acting coach, mm-hmm. our Aunt Martha coaches fucking... Some of the uh, biggest stars in the world. Really big actors and actresses. Um, but in her class, she would... She, a lot of times she would talk about like seasons with creation. Mm. And I really believe in that. It's, you know, and if you think about that seasonal and you think about from almost like a farming perspective, we're not always harvesting. Yeah. We're not always pulling the crops out of the ground. I mean, when you're farming, there's a lot of time where you're just witnessing, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm just thinking about your process with that. And then, you know, reflecting that back on me, my process with writing Dude, I can't always open, like you said, open the computer up and start writing all the time. Yeah. I got to go live or listen or, Mm -hmm. you know, read, rest, study. Yeah. So I totally hear what you're saying in that, you know, it's an important reminder. 
And yeah. I remember Marth would talk about that. I remember her talking about that. And it was always, it was always so profound to me because somewhere along the line, I picked up the belief and strapped it to my back that I always had to be producing, grinding, making something happen, making the money, doing the stuff, creating the fucking things, you know? Yeah. And it's totally true. It's fucking true. And to your point, you think about take farming as an example or growing food, plants, trees, anything, you plant seeds. Take some time. You got to fucking water the seeds. Right. Let the sun do its thing. Let nature take its course. Then there's the growth period. Yeah. You've got to prune. You've got to snip away the dead stuff as it grows, as the fruits starting to blossom. Right. And then when the fruit's ready, you get to harvest it. Right. But even that, to me, like, as an artist, as a creator, as someone who spends their time creating things, whatever that might be, whether it's words or paintings or podcasts or whatever content, you know, whatever it might be, I don't know if the harvest is the creation. Well, that yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a little more mysterious, right? And a little less tangible. Like right. to me, the harvest feels more in alignment with I don't know, maybe for you, you've just created your film. I mean, I think that's something to really talk about. You've just produced and put the final polishing touches on how to kill a white man. Right. It was an incredible yeah. feat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so now the harvest is almost plucking that fruit and distributing it to the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. already been created. Right. The creation process is over with. Now it's time almost to feast and yeah. enjoy the fruits of the labor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's so fun about being an artist too. You can have all these different things in different stages of the process. Mm -hmm. I've got, I'm working on this book. I'm working on this podcast. I've got a song going on over here, whatever it may be. I mean, that's so fun. But just to come back a little bit, I was thinking of this thing. When I would do copywriting for companies, I worked for like cosmetics companies sometimes and I would do copywriting. It was always really hard for me to give them an hourly rate because I would say 90% of my time is just walking around thinking about what I'm going to write. 10% mm. of it is actually writing the thing. Right. So that was that was interesting for me. So how do you boil down your hourly rate? I that was hard. When that, the work is the living. I yeah, mean. that was tough. That was a tough thing. Yeah, this is a great this is a great way to launch in here. Yeah, the seasons of it getting back in. Yeah. Did you ever I always had this experience. I wonder if you had this. When I was in school, I had this experience sometimes where I would go into class and I could feel the collective energy. Did you ever have that? Mm. Like you would walk into class and you knew it was a shit day. <laughs> or you knew it was going to be an awesome day. You could just feel. And that that to me goes to show like our collective energy of the group. Uh -huh. It's kind of fascinating how we all sort of. 
And, you know, I think people usually sum it up into the pop culture thing of Mercury is in retrograde. That's like our collective energy gauge, whatever that means, if uh-huh. anybody's even on top of it, you know, and, yeah. and speaking about it in a real way or a, or a true way. But I think that's interesting, too, how the collective energy. Yeah. And just thinking about things move in waves, man, this this too shall pass mantra is so axiomatic and true that it's it's nothing is stagnant. We're constantly ebbing and flowing, which is just such a great, you know, your podcast is that you that's the gist of, of I mean, it's what you're the title of your podcast is. Yeah, it was funny. I got a text from my buddy Matt. He te- he sends me a text every morning. Have an excellent day. Every morning for like the last two or three years, I met him on, uh, on Hot Boxing. He was part of the support crew, and literally for every single morning for the last two years, Matt sends me a text in the morning. Good morning. Have an excellent day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh huh. And he's a program guy, so it's part of his part part of his work in his program, which is uh-huh. amazing. And I love that. I love that he's brought me into that. And this morning, he sent me a text, and it autocorrected. He said, "Good morning, bro. Have an excellent February because today's Feb one." Uh huh. And he's like, "Love you, Zen." Oh, funny. <laughs> and he went back. He was like. And he recorrected it. He's like, Eb. Yeah. And I laughed. I was like, that's so funny that my name got autocorrected to Zen. Zen. And that idea and how many guys I've come into contact with throughout my life of go, Eb, you're so Zen. And the ebb and flow, it's a Zen yeah. principle. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Tao. The Tao Yin Yang, yeah, ebb and flow. Right, you know what my name gets autocorrected to? What? God. <laughs> so if I send somebody a voicemail, they get the transcription. Uh huh. It'll say like, "What's up? This is God," because <laughs> Gus is like hard to to for the transcriptor to track. I love it's that. Pretty dude. funny. Yeah. Um. But it's really true, and it's an important thing. For me, this year has been so much of coming into confrontation with myself over and over again and the forgetting and the remembering and the having some grace and the letting go and surrendering and taking action and saying no and saying yes to the opportunities that feel in alignment. You know, and really it's all just been this process of getting myself into alignment mm-hmm. for the next phase and this constant process of trans transition, transforming, changing, evolution, growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny to me how even, I mean, you know me, dude, I fucking meditate every day. I pray. My life is a spiritual program. Like it's literally just what my life is. And even in that, I get in these places where I'm fucking holding on to an old thought or an old way of being, or I'm holding on to, I got to get it done, 
only to realize that, hey, we're just stepping into a new phase, you know? Yeah. Let me take it easy here. Let me learn once again how to put the sword down and just go with the flow. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, uh, you know, I was in New York City last week and got to see Marth and Grammy. Yeah. And that was such a fun and interesting experience. Staying with Grammy, that's an adventure in and of itself. Right. She seems great, by the way. Nice. And That's, uh, our, that's our grandmother. For yeah, our grandmother. Um, Estelle, who's just an absolute force of nature. Yeah. Super inspiring. Super powerful person. At times terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but like the most incredible human being. And I feel so blessed. Like what, what a, what an incredible blessing to be born into this family. Yeah. With her as the matriarchal figure. Yeah. Yeah. And Marth, who I just love. Right. She did, she did my numbers. Oh, sweet! The I Ching. Is it the I Ching? I think it's the I Ching that she. Her does numerology. That. That's the. I think she that's does what the I she Ching. does it out of. Yeah. It's so dead on. Is it? It's yeah. so fucking dead on. And ask. she said to me, she said, she was looking at my numbers. And she said, "Eb, you're victimized by your emotions." Uh huh. I was like, "Yeah, thousand percent." I have literally thought to myself, do other people feel the way I feel? It's like, it's fucking feels like I've got like a 10,000 pound weight on my back Uh at times with my emotions. If I don't, if I don't actively practice not holding on to the waves of emotion that move through me, I will be fucking crushed. Interesting. The other thing she said to me was your routines will sink you. Hmm. And what's interesting about that is that I'm also a process oriented person. Yeah, I feel so, like I feel like you're very into your routine. I know. And what the interesting part of it is, she's totally right because what I find is even in the last month, I get into these I have my routine. I wake up every morning, I drink a big glass of water, I meditate, I do breath work, I do a little movement, stretching. And then I'm into my day. Mm-hmm. About a month ago, I was doing that. And I thought to myself, holy shit, I would rather do fucking anything but this. Like my routine right. was literally dragging me down. I understand that. Yeah. And so what I had to do was recognize that and go, you know what? Let me be a little fl- little bit more flexible here. I mean, fuck, I wrote about it in my book. Flexibility is fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what I meant right? when I wrote that. Discipline is great and having a routine is great. However, when the routine goes stale and it starts to weigh you down, it's not doing you any good anymore. It's not being right. of service to you. Right. So I just changed it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I... And it made me light again. It gave me more energy. It refreshed right. my my system. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, for sure, dude. And I know. it's just interesting. It's just really interesting to 
to see and witness all of these things arise over and over again. Uh-huh. Well, I noticed that with my meditation practice because like particularly with TM, transcendental meditation, which is one of the practices I've used and got a mantra there and you know, their practice espouses doing meditating twice a day for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And that just gets really fucking boring and you start weaponizing it and it's just, you know, am I supposed to move through that and learn to love it or right. do I just let it go and do five minutes? Yeah. I mean, that was a profound shift for me when I just released the burden of, you know, needing to do tw a 20 minute meditation every time and just sat for five minutes. I felt so much better actually. Uh huh. Um, and then, of course, there's that Zen saying, oh, if you if you can't do five minutes, well, that means you should do 20. It's like, OK, I guess <laughs> I'll just fucking, you know. Well, no, it's a really it's a really important point and thought to explore when the disciplines become. A burden. Yeah. I'm in that right now with Bikram. I went this morning. It feels like a fucking grind right now. Dude, I, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I can't do the same thing. Oh, I mean, I think it's a balance, just what you're saying. I think it's a balance. Discipline is really important. Routine is really important. But if it starts to become a slog and detrimental and you can feel that, hopefully you're close enough to your intuition where you can feel that, mm -hmm. then shift. Right. Back to the seasonal creation. Yeah. If your fucking podcasts start fucking f get getting stale and uninteresting and you're not interested in it and the energy's not there, stop doing it. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times in the in the past year I've opened up my computer to start writing and I've just put one word on the page and said, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I need to do something else, which is for me why I've shifted my energy to acting more. And I'm getting going back over to the actor's studio and just like following it, uh -huh. just following the thing that's coming up. Yeah. What um, do you do in that moment when you open up the tablet? Well, my, it's like it's like fucking pulling blood to get the one word down and then you recognize, you know what? This isn't a moment for me to be writing. What does that process look like? What do you then go do? Well, that's why I said hopefully you're close enough to your to your intuition to recognize this is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I close the thing, I go for a walk, I'm outside, mm. go go see a friend, call somebody, eat something, you know? And just, you know, just change the energy. Now you could just flip the mouse pad. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, so. Yeah. And just not, moving is always a good. Moving and getting outside. Right. See, that's something about sports. I'd be curious with you, man. I don't know how the fuck those guys and women don't just get bored to tears. I mean, we've talked about this, those people that play until they're 40. It's like, or then, or then I know, or then they retire <laughs> and they're still talking, you know, sportscasters and like, they're, it's like, 
don't you want to are you not maybe you're not bored maybe it's just lovely and amazing the whole time and you know well you've shifted your energy so you're not playing now you're a sportscaster so it's like okay you've shifted it but man i was i loved basketball but i was tired of playing basketball by the time i was like a senior in high school yeah i was like yeah it would be cool to keep going and i guess when you level up then you the interest changes so it sort of creates a new experience yeah. but um yeah, it's uh I don't know. That's why I love mixing up the mediums. I write a play, I do a film, I write a book, do a short story, edit something, you know, stay in the mix. Uh-huh. Um, but Yeah, I mean look at Tom. He just called it today. Yeah. Forty five, bro. Yeah. Fuck. I totally agree. To some extent, I think as you go up in the levels, the interests shift and your focus changes. And you see it all the time. Guys who are incredible athletes in high school go to college and they fizzle out because they're fucking burned out and over it. Mm -hmm. And then guys who were incredible athletes in college go to the pros and then they fucking fizzle out. You never hear of them again because they're right. fucking burned out and over it. Yeah. You know, and like every level and that, you know, to some, that definitely happened to me. For me, it was really starting to, the injuries started to pile up. My body started breaking down and then the game really became not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was already hard enough. And then herniated disc in your back, nerve damage down your right leg dislocated right shoulder shoulder surgery back surgery torn muscles your body starts not moving the way it once did it's not as easy literally i've got to spend all of my waking hours getting my body into a place where i could get on the field and do the stuff right right yeah it's, it's and it's really hard i mean yeah. like that i'm so fucking blown away by tom brady i mean even this year he still looked good. He I was just he looked good. He looked uh yeah. Playing wise. You yeah. saw him in his press conferences, I thought he's he's feeling it here. Right, right. Especially right. with all his personal life stuff, whatever's going on there. I mean, right. God knows. Right. Um you know, and to be who he is, he's in the fucking headlines. Right. And people who don't even know about football know who Tom Brady is. Right. You know, so I could tell in the press conferences there was that voice going on in the back of his head like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. I really had to come back, huh? Man, that must okay. have been rough. Game two. You're like, oh no, I'm in here. <laughs> but he still looked great on the field. I mean, yeah. the dude was overthrowing Julio Jones. Yeah. Yeah, he looked great. He looked, you know. Whereas, and I only say that because watching Peyton Manning at the end of Peyton Manning's career, Peyton looked really rough. Yeah. Like Peyton could barely get the ball out. Mm. He was throwing fucking lame ducks yeah. in that last year in Denver. Mm. Tom never looked like that, though. Right, right. Um, well, I don't know, man. That dude found something. That dude... I know that guy was tapped into some some holistic healing practices that gave him an edge. Oh, for sure. 
Absolutely. I know he meditates. He does breath work. He's probably done some plant medicine. Yeah. I've heard well, that he does float tanks and all that oh, shit. I'm so sure he's, he's like super tapped in. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think keeps him fresh. Absolutely. And I think if you're going to be that guy, I mean, I played with a guy in Jacksonville, Brad Meester. He played 14 years center, Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Absolute legend. 14 yeah. years, dude. Yeah, that's wild. I played six. I was fucking. Oh, my God. Six years. That last year in Chicago, it was like game 14. I'm watching practice in the film room, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? They say the average career is only two years in the NFL. It is. That's it's very say. short. Well, it's fucking hard, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of fortitude. It takes a lot of. I don't know. Sports is the one thing. It's it's one of those things that you can't lie. If your inner self is not totally bought in. Mm. Yeah. You're not going to be a, a player on the yeah, field. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to show up yeah. and execute and dominate yeah. and be that force on the field if your inner self is not happening. Interesting. If it's not in alignment with it. Yeah. Yeah. I had this conversation with somebody about like, eh. What? You know, just how in sports, like, you know, if somebody's good and in art, you, I was talking about acting really in sports, you know, when somebody's good and acting, that's a little harder. I was talking to this actress about it and she said, you know, that's not true. I don't even know what the conversation was. It doesn't really matter. But where are we going now? Where's culture going now? <laughs> we stepped through the truth portal. COVID's done. People are still wearing masks for some reason. That's fine. But we've clearly stepped through a truth portal. It seems like we're percent. it seems like we're in the Sat Yuga where you can't help but tell the truth. Yeah. We don't seem to be living so much in the root chakra. I feel like we've leveled up. Not to demonize the root chakra, but I think we've certainly leveled up and, you know, it, we were talking about AI and uh, I think it'll it's interesting how there's these two forces of truth going on, mm. the technology forces and the natural forces. And, you know, there was the new, um, is it in there? Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. It looks like it's good. I just want to make sure. Yeah, it looks like it's going on, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going the natural your your uh gain might be up higher. Oh no, it's not. I don't know. You know, everybody's talking about oh, we're afraid of uh AI with the writing chat GPT and you know, for me, I just don't think that I'm not really afraid of it because we're always going to need soul and until we can inject soul into computers we're fine, you know, some things will be taken over, some, not, but not everything will be. That's my belief. And I had, I did an experiment where we pumped me and a friend punched in a, a, a story idea into chat GPT and it spit out sort of an, tell people what chat GPT is for those chat who G don't know. Chat GPT is this new artificial intelligence endeavor um, it's by this well-known company. I can't remember the other thing they did. I think they did like some, uh, image 
AI. I think they were the company that created that Instagram thing you see a lot where people the put Lensa? their... I think so. Some something like that. Oh, they're the same ones. It might be. They did uh, one other, another uh, prominent AI venture. Uh-huh. But this Chat GPT is a writing artificial intelligence where it can do anything with writing. So copywriters are scared. You know, you say, "Give me the best five mushroom risotto recipes," and it spits out five mushroom risotto recipes, like All that right. are great or whatever. Or give me ten dad jokes. It gives you 10 dad jokes right away. Or or a friend and I did, like, give me a script about kids escaping technology. And it spit it started to spit out a script. Uh-huh. But you could kind of feel that there wasn't a soul there. It was like an interesting kind of trajectory it was taking us on. Yeah. But it was very rudimentary. Uh-huh. Maybe, I'm sure, and they say it's going to get exponentially less rudimentary and more sort of as it calls information. Right. It's going to be more, you know, profound in its own way. But, um, you know, so I guess that's one thing. If this is a cultural check-in, that's been pretty big with culture. Um, the AI um, art shit's really bizarre. I've stumbled yeah. onto these, these really strange AI... They're almost photographs well that's the thing that's what i'm talking about that a lot of people are doing where you inject your did you see the thing where it was like uh marvel characters yeah if it was a wes anderson movie yeah 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 a lot of stuff like that and what's interesting to me about all of that because there's tons of that shit there's also like the batman and joker gymnastics jazzercise a thon competition uh-huh. it's weird as fuck shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like these weird <laughs> like, oh my god batman and joker doing fucking like workout videos it's weird as fuck god bizarre but something that's really strange about it is because at a glance it almost looks real right but then you look at the hands. The hands are really fucked up. Uh-huh. They have too many fingers or they have no fingers or mm. it's just like this weird little claw. Like the hands are always... It hasn't figured out how to do hands, which I think is really an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. Um, there was this clip that was posted because our, our guy, Jarrett, he does all my... He cuts all my shit up, you know, and he posts uh-huh. the clips on social media and he does an unbelievable job. And it's always interesting to see what gets posted because somehow it's very cosmic. Uh-huh. A lot of times when I open up Instagram and one of my clips comes up, it's like a, th- a message that I even need in that moment. Right. Or a reminder. Right. And he posted this clip recently about me, of me talking about, I'm no longer interested in living in the fear paradigm Mm -hmm. of we're all fucked, World Economic Forum is going to take over, whatever the things are. Right, Right. And in this case, the AI shit too. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And whatever you perceive, whatever you you fix your attention on Mm -hmm. that's what your reality is going to look like so if you're spending your time 
in total anxiety, fear, panic that your life is going to end at any moment and somebody's going to knock on your door and tell you that you're under arrest for having a gas stove, <laughs> which is a thing that people are saying. What? Oh, yeah. Well, they're saying that, like, there's a whole thing happening of the government or whoever. I don't even know who the fuck is saying it. Somebody's saying that gas stoves are a big issue with climate change, and now everybody's up in arms that government agencies are going to be coming and confiscating people's gas stoves. I have a gas... Everybody has a gas stove. It doesn't even matter. Nobody's coming to take your gas stove. Right. Like, nobody's coming and knocking on my door. It was like during COVID and, like, the panic and the fear of we're, they're going to throw the unvaccinated people in concentration camps. They very well have might have wanted to do that. Yeah. It didn't happen. Lockdowns didn't even, couldn't even continue because mm-hmm. there was so much resistance. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, none of it could even continue because there was so much resistance against it. Going back to, for instance, David Hawkins' Power vs. Force, Anything that is in resistance to the ultimate energy of God, love, truth, it's not going to have any power. There's no power behind it. So any government agency, institution, they can say whatever the fuck they want to say. It doesn't matter. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's on you if you're going to spend all of your time in a total fear state locked in your amygdala locked in fight or flight believing that at any moment somebody's going to come and take your livelihood away from you Mm -hmm. and it's the same with the ai right sure there's ai great in san francisco they just passed a law that ai robots can kill people in the street for the police department yeah did you see that yeah i saw that that's interesting. Yeah, that's... I'm sure that's that'll... A, that's a good idea. That'll run its course as well. Yeah. All of this stuff will run its course because it's not right. anchored in truth. God, it's so interesting. It's not anchored in love, man. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, it's all love, bro. Right. <laughs> no, but it's love or fear. Those are the two right. pathways that we get to go down. Those are the right. two choices that we get to make in our life. Yeah. Are we making our choices... Are we making choices in our life that are based in love, goodness, highness, success, high vibrational frequencies? Or are we making our choices based on fear? Holy fuck, this is going to happen if I don't do this. That's not a choice that I'm interested in making. Yeah. Because where does that lead? If you make all of your choices based on fear... That leads you down a timeline of fear and darkness. So where do you think that ends up? That doesn't end up on the fucking mountaintop in your highest greatness. Living your life in that way. It doesn't. It's impossible. If every decision you make from the moment you wake up in the morning till the time you go to sleep at night, if every decision you make during that day is based in fear, where the fuck do you think you're going to end up? Right? Yeah. It's simple. It's really simple. Yeah. It is simple. 
And that doesn't mean we're burying our heads in the sand either, man. Right. And saying, oh, well, no, it, it's not, it's not real. It's not happening. No. It means we're fucking awake, engaged, aware, and ready for whatever the fuck comes. If you're making all your decisions based on love, the highest good, worthiness, power, strength, courage, you're available to whatever happens. Mm. None of us have much control if somebody wants to drop a nuke anywhere on the in the U.S. right now. Right. We uh, like there's very little we can do, huh. if anything. So you might as well just enjoy your fucking life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw one of the. I saw that post the other day. Oh, that good. was a fun one. Good. Start my day with that post. <laughs> Russia's gonna drop a nuke at any moment. Nice. Love it. Learn what you got to do to be prepared. I'm like, bro, yeah. if that's happening, there's yeah. not much I can do, man. I was talking to somebody last night. They were like, it was just sort of an aside. They were like, you know, what did they say? They were talking about like, I don't want to live in New York. I want to, I'm, 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 you know, I'm happy here in LA because I got my Jeep. I know what my escape route is if something happens. And I was like, well, you're not going anywhere if you live in L.A. What are you even talking? I mean, what? Well, what? Okay. I mean, sure. Okay, you're escape. You'll last like four days. There's 20 have, million people. Then you'll in have LA, no brother. idea what to eat, you know, and you'll be dead. You so, can't. You can't get from Venice to the Valley in less than an hour. Yeah. On even, a fucking Tuesday afternoon. Right. <laughs> you got an escape route. Yeah, I know. To where? Yeah. It is it is a profound thing to think about. First of all, like you just to kind of re, re unpack what you what you were just saying about like it is very simple. You know, the yin and yang. You think about that symbol. There's only two aspects to the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um and then two sides to the coin. Uh light and dark, love and fear. Like it is a very simple equation. This whole thing, you know, and then you think about like how all tyranny never lasts. Yeah. Tyranny never lasts. I think about like all spiritual leaders. They're all grounded in love. I don't know. It's just a very interesting thing to me how these dynamics have been created. um, and they're like fundamental. They're like axioms of life. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, I think about like, why is this called a certain thing and not called something else? Or just Anything? like, yeah. And like, why did love become the highest value? Uh, you know, it's so mysterious and, and, and kind of strange. And, um, but you're right. I mean, well, Wayne Dyer talks about it in his book, manifest your destiny. Uh huh. Where he said, think about love as the fundamental principle of the universe Mm. and unconditional love at that. And if you think about 
from a physical perspective, if there were conditions placed on existence, reality would literally fall apart. Mm. If there were conditions placed on existence on any level, this whole thing would completely fall apart. The structure, the fabric of reality would literally come undone. If conditions were placed on it? If there were conditions placed on existence. In what way? What does that mean? If our existence was conditioned upon us being a certain way, and that was the only way it could happen. Now, there are certain... There are certain natural conditions or chemical conditions that are already in place mm-hmm. that allow for existence and life to occur. Mm. But beyond that, as far as like it having to be a certain way, mm-hmm. from an energetic perspective. Well, I think unconditional love is a really interesting thing. and Well, that's the ultimate principle of God. Because if you could only exist if you were did the right thing or mm-hmm. you fucking only spoke a certain way, mm-hmm. that was the entire condition of your existence. Yeah. You wouldn't last very long. It'd probably be rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unconditional love. I mean, it's interesting because we're always wanting to get something but i guess the more you clean out the more you trust god and clean house you become less um you 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 have less conditions on your love you know i think that's why so many relationships don't work out because you're functioning from this place of conditions and expectations where exactly you, right. e- you even say oh my love for you is unconditional but there's a thousand conditions but you better attached. be like this yeah there's a thousand conditions the attached. dishes better be fucking attached done by love. the time i get home <laughs> yeah um so well that's been a really interesting part of my journey dude is coming into acceptance and love for myself no matter what is going on. Yeah. Because I find, I have found, and honestly, no matter how much I fucking meditate, no matter how much yoga I do, no matter how clean I get, no matter what is going on, the feelings, the thoughts continue. Yeah. I still feel angry at times. I still feel sad at times. Mm-hmm. I still get stuck. Mm-hmm. And then what What inevitably happens? Then I start to layer more shit on top of the feelings that are just naturally arising. I'm angry because I'm angry. Right. I'm sad because I'm sad or I'm angry because I'm sad or I'm frustrated because I'm sad or I'm angry because I'm frustrated or I'm sad because I'm angry. Yeah. And that's just me being in resistance to myself. That's yeah. me being in resistance to nature happening. Right. My nature. Right? So my practice lately, which has been a profound one, is 
whatever's going on inside of me, anger comes up, sadness comes up, frustration, confusion, not knowing what to do comes up. I'm just going to love that thing, dude. I'm just going to be in acceptance of that thing. And for me, that's the practice of unconditional love. Yeah. Like me, my relationship with myself is not conditional upon me being a certain way. Right. I don't have to be fucking high and mighty and wise guru ebb for me to be okay with myself. Like I can be sad, lonely, depressed, angry ebb. (laughs) And inevitably what happens is I'm released from that feeling like that. Well, back to this, the, to this too shall pass the ever, the, uh, the ever changing feeling of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if any, if there's truer words have ever been said, this too shall pass. Yeah. Well, you know, you think of, uh, you know, there's a lot to say about the love stuff, you know, we're going to do a pot on it. Yeah. 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 We're going to really break into the love. Yeah. I think that's good. But I think it's a really important part of life. Even more so when you've spent a lot of time going in, going inward, Mm -hmm. turning your gaze into yourself. Mm -hmm. You've gotten really clean. You've reconciled. A lot of pain, suffering, traumas in yourself. You've found wholeness. You've connected with God. Then it really becomes about what are the choices you're making in your life? What are the choices you're making? Because that's where the fucking rubber meets the road of your life, dude. Like what decisions are you making? Mm -hmm. I've had this really interesting thing lately, man. And it's because I've been witnessing people around me who rub me in a way that triggers me to uh-huh. put it as neutrally as possible. And what I've realized is that my life, in my life, I have this thing inside of me that says if I've become aware of something, a dysfunctional behavior, a defect, a old paradigm or an old way of being that is no longer serving me, my life, my relationships, and I am actively choosing to not acknowledge and honor that knowing or awareness to make new decisions, to do things different, I'm fucking wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. On this planet. I'm wasting right. my time in my right. life. Well, I think the amount of time that we spend denying our intuition is pretty incredible. Yeah. So like you said, um, you know, and that trust God clean house, you got to continue to. And how do you do that? I mean, I have a way I've done it. 
There's a certain inventory process. Um, well, your life has to become a spiritual program. Yeah, I've had a I've had a a, a, men, a teacher, sort of of mine, talk about how your intuition is a bodily function, mm. and I feel like that's really true. Which totally is basically true. saying it's your heart. You basically, when when something comes up, you feel your heart. You feel your your energy. You know, energy change. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting there witnessing the person that's rubbing you the wrong way, your intuition is telling you something. It's not really your brain to me. It's your heart. Um, and I think we we cloud that a lot because we don't want to listen to it for whatever reason, um, depending on the relationship. Well, do you think we don't want to listen? Why do you think we don't want to listen to it? I think maybe maybe we want to listen to it, but we don't know how or can't or we're unsure. Or it feels scary. Whatever reason, we haven't cleaned enough, we haven't cleaned house enough to be able to know what the truth is. Um, you know? Well, that's a really important thing. Mm-hmm. cleaning house, so, polishing the crystal. So then back to the love thing, it's like you know, it's it, you know, you're you're saying you love and but you haven't really uh done enough inventory. I mean, I was just working for this mushroom company and I inter- I was interviewing somebody for them. And uh, they did this series of interviews of people taking. When did you do that? This was last week. Oh, really? Yeah, this series of interviews of people that have that take mushrooms and how the mushrooms have affected them positively. And I was talking to the girl, and you know, I'm where I'm essentially working as a journalist for this mushroom company. So, mm. but I'm in this space where I don't really believe that mushrooms are the end all be all. So it was a little sticky for me to do this interview because I was like, do you want, you know, my truth might have been different than the owner of the company's truth in a way. Mm -hmm. So, or in terms of, you know, because they're selling mushrooms. It's kind of their, they were a con, they're more of a a content company. But anyway, in the middle of the interview, I had to just kind of, I was in, I was talking to this girl and, you know, you know, and I had to just say, like, well, taking mushrooms is not going to solve all your problems. I mean, this is what it, I'm talking it's, about. It's another key to get you to self-realization. But you don't just take mushrooms and then you're 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 saved. You don't just go take ayahuasca and then you're saved. Um, well, this is what I'm talking about. So continuing to polish the mirror in a bunch of different ways. I'm not denigrating mushrooms or ayahuasca. I'm just saying there's a whole process. There's a whole powerful. Exactly. There's a whole process of finding the truth so that maybe you can be less, less conditional on life. Um, Yes. And it still comes down to you making choices and the decisions that you make. Yeah. The choices you make. That's where the rubber meets the road of life. So we have fear. So if we're looking at this paradigm of making decisions in your life from love or fear, 
I feel like, and this is from my experience, you make the decision out of fear because you haven't cleaned out enough. You haven't, and that's a process. You haven't, you know, and I think that's where trauma comes in. You have trauma responses built into your, your, maybe it's not in your DNA yet. Maybe it's more in your subconscious, but you have to continue working that out. And, and working through it so that you can trust love. Mm. I mean, to me, the worst bottom somebody can get is when they've rejected God, which is just you've rejected love and you've rejected positivity. Mm. That's the bottom to me. Mm. I remember my lowest point. I was thinking of getting a tattoo that said, no God. Can you get lower than that? No. When was that? I was like in Brooklyn. I don't know. That was a fucking shit show. Ten years ago? Yeah. That's the bottom when you've rejected God. Yeah, and it's so that? unfortunate that we've bastardized this word God. So where it's like people just go with this fucking insane fucking uh, thing where you say God and they think you're in some, you know, whatever the Western, you know, thing is not to denigrate that either, whatever. But God is love to me. It's positivity. It's that thing you're talking about. And I think you just need to continue to. We were talking about fake it till you make it, I think, a little a little while ago. Mm-hmm. You just say it. Keep saying it. And before you know it, it becomes part of you. So then you can trust the love choice. This is from my experience. I'm speaking, you know, personally. No, I think you're right. I've lived in tons of fear and made decisions out of fear a lot. And it's been a process of cleaning, you know, doing the inventory, being scared, not doing the thing, not having enough faith, but moving a little bit further at it one day at a time, you know? Yeah. Um, That's how you rewrite the programming. Yeah. Rewrite the software. And I've had moments, I don't know if you've had moments, but I've had moments where I can actually feel my DNA or my neurochemistry rerouting. I've had moments. I've had moments where I can feel the gears almost in my brain. It's, it's, it's felt like gears. You know, when you see like clocks and stuff, the gears like changing direction. Yeah. And they're almost like trying to do it and they're confused, but they're like, okay, we're going this way now. Yeah. It's a, it's a profound thing. Thousand percent. So to me, trust the process. Trust the process. You know what's what? What's the process? You need to find that for yourself. Yeah. I can tell you my process. If if you want, I don't know. I mean, was like yoga, meditation, TM, exercise, twelve step programs, Al Anon, AA, food, opening up, showing up, OCD therapy. This kind of therapy. No more alcohol. No more alcohol. No more weed. EMDR. Oh, let me try mushrooms. Microdose mushrooms. That's got me more grounded. Uh, You know, acting, right? So it's whatever your process is. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has a different process. Um, But you can't force the process either. You got to trust the process. Mm. And I think what happens if you don't trust the process, eh, I don't know. Well, this is a really interesting thing, man. It's a really interesting question. You know, I have 
coaching clients. I do corporate wellness coaching. And it's an interesting thing to come into contact with people who are are at square one or not even there yet. They've just found themselves in a place of unmanageability. Mm-hmm. And for me, my life was completely falling apart. By the grace of God, there was a blueprint built into my family lineage of 12-step programs. Mm-hmm. So I stumbled my way into Al-Anon by the suggestion of you, Mom, and Marth. And that really gave me some footing of what a process looked like. Granted, up until that moment, what did my process look like? Mm. A lot of exercise, Mm. getting my body super clean and healthy, a lot of nature, a lot of time alone, and a lot of weed. Uh That was basically the process up until the point of coming to Al-Anon where I got to really dig my my hands into a spiritual program, a spiritual process, which then led me into meditation, prayer, open the door into other modalities like plant medicine and right huh. therapy and huh. obviously the, the group the group talk therapy was a massive part yeah. of that yeah transition transformation right. setting myself in a process uh-huh but for somebody like for me a lot of times i end up when i see the signs i'm like hey maybe alan would be a good choice for you uh-huh you ever thought about 12-step programs other than that it's like hey you need to start taking 5 10 15 20 minutes a day and meditate right you got to start talking to god bro i don't know what else to say yeah i want to say something about this i think it's a mix because part of me feels like my process or because i think you and i have had a like you said it's in our lineage of 12 step programs which is see the reason to me 12 step programs is so such a powerful and successful process like in the Alcoholics Anonymous preamble, it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Supposedly, in the original uh, text, it says, never have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Mm. I'm not sure. Mom mom has talked about why they changed it to rarely. I think they were just like, all right, let's err on, let's be a little more soft landing here. But what, to me, why that's so powerful is... It mixes the mystical with the nuts and bolts. Yeah, the practice. That's the problem. If you're just taking ayahuasca, right. but you're not doing the nuts and bolts shit of getting the fucking pen on the paper, Thousand fucking percent. talking to somebody, getting accountable, taking responsibility. So for me, I think that's a real key where you get really clear. See, see, I was going to OCD therapy recently, and it was a really interesting thing because I kept bringing up God. I kept bringing up God and miracles 
with my therapist. Uh-huh. And that is so not in their fucking vernacular. Oh, and I was like, oh, this doesn't really work for like I'm taking in what you're what you're giving me and it's very helpful and works for me. But I also got to introduce the miraculous into this uh-huh. thing. And she would be like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> but I would be like, yo, I'm not going this whole fucking science route. Right. I'm fucking bringing God into this shit, because <laughs> if I don't bring God into this, doesn't this, work. this probably isn't going to work for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I need to bring miracles in. And it kind of blew her mind, too, because uh-huh. she was like, oh, that's kind of. Sure. That's totally not what we learn. Right. <laughs> we learn well, that's fucking a, that's all the these fucking things. Therapy too. Reassurance. You know, there's a whole thing with like the treatment of OCD. Are we yeah. back? Oh, we're there back. Yeah. So anyway, I would love to bring that into my future study and work of like. You know, mixing the miraculous with the nuts and bolts. I think that's a really uh, important part. Well, what's really profound about 12-step programs, though, is that the the miraculous, the mystical emerges from the practical, the yes. nuts and bolts. Yes, You go into totally. a room. The fourth step, fifth, you sit six, down, seven, eight, nine. Yep. But even just you go into a room, you sit down with a bunch of people you don't necessarily know, and you fucking raise your hand and you share. Mm. Something happens. Yes. There's a God experience that happens in that room. And then, yes, as you work the steps, I mean, dude, step four for me was like blew the fucking doors off my whole reality and for people that don't know step four is the inventory and my sponsor had me write out my life story Mm -hmm. and that's not not everybody does that right but that was the preamble to doing the um what's the book called blueprint for progress the blueprint for progress book where it's just like tons of questions really powerful you're literally drilling down into your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Where the fuck do I come from? How did I get here? Uh-huh. But writing out my life story from beginning to to current, literally, dude. Because you can't do anything. It's just you. It's just you and the paper. Right. And God. <laughs> yeah. And if you're fucking serious, if you're be- if you're honest about wanting to change your life yeah you just start to be honest Mm. yes this happened to me in my life this happened to me in my life you get to take accountability you get to find forgiveness forgiveness for yourself forgiveness for others you take accountability for where you're at in your life right here right now because you you recognize that everything you are experiencing right here, right now is the result of the beliefs you've carried since everything be- mm-hmm. as the result of everything you've ever experienced in your entire life. Yeah, which goes to that trusting God and cleaning house, exactly. like you said, like and polishing then, the crystal. So then you can know where your intuition is, uh-huh. where your seat of yourself is, your power seat. But back to your thing, even even just going to meetings, I'm always kind of amazed at people that don't speak in meetings 
Because for me, dude, that's where the real heart opening catharsis comes oh, in. Oh, a thousand percent. Yes, it's important to listen in meetings, but like for me, dude, I was always like, yo, I need to talk. Uh-huh. I need some I need to say something. Because yeah. I'm if I don't fucking say something, I don't know. I don't feel like I I just need to speak. And I remember when I was first going to those meetings, I would raise my hand, I would get called on, and I would go, <laughs> just start fucking Sobbing. sobbing dude yeah with like no words uh-huh. and i felt this incredible cracking open of my heart uh-huh it was like my heart open and it was like honey thousand like, percent was melting out so yeah no well that's part of doing the work because that that's an action making a choice to be seen and to be heard through the discomfort mm-hmm because of course that's fucking uncomfortable, dude. Yeah. To open up and be vulnerable in front of a bunch of people you don't know. Yeah. Of course. And that's part of the work. That's part of you breaking through your fucking, all your shit, all your pain, all your suffering, all of your darkness. You're bringing your literally, it felt to me in those meetings, it felt to me like I was literally dragging myself into the light. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then it's just like this God fucking mm-hmm. explosion. Right. This God eruption. And you're just blasted into fucking love, acceptance, joy, peace, serenity. Yep. And one of the things they say progress, not perfection. We claim spiritual progress rather than perfection. And also the thing that saved me was don't leave before the miracle. It's a big one. Just stay in. Don't leave before the miracle. It's a big one, dude. Stay in. And slowly but surely, you start building a more strong sense of self. Your your power seat starts becoming more and more strong with a true sense of integrity. Well, that's a really interesting thing, isn't it? The sense of self. A lot of people, I think, are walking around. They have no sense of self. Well, because they haven't done any work. (laughs) They haven't actually looked at what's going on. (laughs) You haven't done any inventory. So it's truly you're you're walking around in your life going, what's me? What's the outside world? Mm -hmm. That's the experience, though. Yeah, and you know what's so profound, I believe, about something like mushrooms or ayahuasca from interviewing these people? What I realize is the main key of it, it 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 makes you or lets you or allows you or gets you to become the witness. Mm, uh-huh. So you can see it from a different perspective. Yeah. I that hit me. I was like, oh, that's why we do the psychedelics. Yeah. You can look at life from a different perspective and stop being a victim thousand percent i was like that's why it's so important to do the psychedelic because you can see it from a different angle well that's what i've been saying since i've been on this train dude is is the psychedelics do what the meditation does well meditation too i was gonna say or meditation yes exactly it changes your perspective it pulls you out of the being the thing Yes. And allows you to witness it and mm-hmm. see it. Right. And not be it. Mm-hmm. Which is a really powerful experience. 
where you're not caught in the drama. Yeah, you're not living the drama. You're just watching the drama. The drama is always going to happen, dude. Mm -hmm. Life is chaos, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Life is constantly swirling, happening, going, moving, shifting, shaking, erupting, exploding. It's constantly happening, never stops happening. Where are we in that? Are we able to be still anchored in our truth, unshakable as that shit all moves around us so that we can respond or and or be available to whatever comes up in our lives? Or are we going to be just swept up in the chaos? Mm-hmm. Lit ablaze. Completely rendered useless, battered, bloodied, destroyed by it. Mm-hmm. That's really on us. That really is on us. Mm-hmm. That's Those are the, the decisions that we get to make yeah. one moment at a time. Yeah. And you really can only get to that place of being able to make those decisions when you've done this work. Mm-hmm. And it's not like... It's a, it's as simple as coming into recognition of yourself and taking accountability of your life. Mm-hmm. You know? So I would ask you, says- I would ask you again, though, if you're not offering someone 12 step programs, what process are we offering people? See, part of me wants to say the 12-step program is the most profound, effective program ever created. Um, And I would say probably everybody could use it. Absolutely. Whether you're in Al-Anon, AA, NA, MA, OA, really Al-Anon. If you don't feel like an addict or an alcoholic, go to Al-Anon. Trust me, there's somebody in your life that's an addict or an alcoholic or is making you feel dysfunctional. There's also CODA. There's Codependent Anonymous, which, um, you know. Are we breaking rules here? No, no, dude. I'm fucking, this is shit that saves I lives. I know, I agree. I Fuck totally that agree. shit. <laughs> this totally is shit that agree. saves lives, dude. I agree. If one person hears this and they go to a meeting and it saves their family and reroutes the trajectory of their lineage and the fucking DNA of of their whole fucking ancestry. Yeah. This shit's important. And that's one (laughs) of the challenges with the program that we have this sort of vow of uh, anonymity. But that doesn't mean well, you can't, you know. Talk about the virtues of it. I don't really, I don't, I don't I agree. know how I, I talk feel about, about it all that. the time. I agree. I talk about it all the time. And us, us discussing this to me illuminates why that caveat is in the literature. It's because of the people who come from families affected by the disease of alcoholism or addiction. What will we do? Once we've tasted the medicine of Al-Anon or 12-step is there is a a possibility that we'll just go around going, dude, you got to go to 12-step. But I never do that. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why that rule is in there, though. Yeah. It's because of that. It's not. Absolutely. It's not espousing the. 
I mean, dude, it's the holy grail of of this of a spiritual program. Honestly, yeah. the twelve steps are literally a boiled down <sighs> spiritual awakening into nuts and bolts practical steps. Right. So I've thought how I've thought about this. How does somebody get that if they're not in the twelve step program? Well, that's what I'm saying. You better have a really fucking intuitive, brilliant therapist. You better have some, and somebody who basically knows that process on their own or they've been inspired by 12-step programs. And brilliant therapists are not easy to come by, which is why I think so many people struggle, you know, even though they have a therapist. Because first of all, a therapist that's going to keep you accountable, that's going to be hard to find because they want to keep you because they're making money off you, you know? Whereas whereas you work in 12-step programs and it's purely altruistic, there's no money involved. You're paying nobody. It's donation only through the seventh tradition where you, if you go to a meeting, you can give a dollar if you want. You don't even have to do that. Before you know it, you start wanting to give money to the thing because it's fucking saved your life and saved people you know's lives. But... um. Ah, dude, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting thing. You better start fucking meditating a, a lot. You better start making your life about your spiritual practice. Moving your body, praying, meditating, affirming, writing. That's the only thing I can really come up with. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to do that, then if you're not going to do a 12 step program, you're not going to do 12 steps because mm -hmm. it doesn't call to you or whatever it is. Right. Then your whole life better be a fucking spiritual practice. Right. If you want that, you know, if you have come to the place where your life is unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which most people are living in some form of unmanageability, even when you're in the program, but you have a great design for living. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it's about service and be of service. Let's not forget. Well, uh, that's really the thing, isn't it? Being of service is the next yeah. God action that we can take. Being and of service. Be of service and, you know, maybe don't tell anybody about it. I was just you know, going to say tell that. you that's gave the, the Don't tell your friend, hey, I gave the bum a dollar. Yeah. You know, aren't I good? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's the ultimate God exercise. Do the right thing. Be of service. Do the good deed and don't fucking tell a soul about it. Can yeah. you do that? Otherwise, it doesn't count. That's yeah, what because they say. it's just an ego trip. Yeah. Yeah. You just did that to get your fucking your dick stroked. Right. Yeah. I think this is a good one, brother. Yeah. Kicked it off with artistry. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Ended in 12 steps. Yeah. Great but, kickoff, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. But you find it when you find it. You know, I think you find it when you find it. And everybody has their own path. And, you know, everybody has their own intuition. And um, I don't think there's one way to go about it. You know, there's lots of spiritual leaders and teachers that are really profound and read great books, wonderful that didn't do 12 step programs, didn't do, I don't know, read that book, but they read a different book. So, 
I think that's an important part of the process. Read great books. Look, you want a blueprint for living? Read great books. Take time to be quiet, a.k.a. meditate. Pray. Connect with God. Connect with a higher power. Whatever makes sense to you. Connect with something that's greater than yourself. Write. Even if it's just journaling. You're not, you don't have to write the next great American novel. Just write about what's happening inside of you. That gives you a great perspective on the energies, emotions, and thoughts that move through your being. It's great. Move your body. Eat good food. Nourishing foods. Drink plenty of water. Community. Have a community. Have people that you trust. Everybody listening to this, I've said this before, you've got at least one person in your life who you could pick up the phone, call that person, and they'll hold space for you to unload whatever's going on inside of you. Every single person listening to this, you got at least one person who loves you in that way. Guaranteed. And then I would say, honestly, take substances in fucking moderation at best. I haven't had a drink of alcohol in over a year, and man, it might be the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And keep it simple, man. Life is good. Breathe deep. Move your body. Enjoy nature. Get outside. Spend time with your loved ones. Spend more time doing things that you love than the time you spend doing things that you feel like are just obligations. Mm -hmm. That question's been coming up for me a lot lately from people. People ask me, what do you do for fun? It's like, man, I don't really know how to answer that. I well, like guy Noah said the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard. Uh -huh. He said the ultimate act of self-care is creating a life that you don't have to escape from. I mean, exactly. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're living your life in a way that you don't feel like you have to escape from it. Like on the weekend, you got to go to the bar and drink the beers and smoke the weed and hang with buddies and fucking unplug and go nuts. Like if your whole life is just fun, you wake up every day and you're fucking stoked about what the day has for you. Yeah. What do yeah. I do for fun? I right. live, brother. I know. Well, that's my answer. That's how I feel. I know. I fucking live, dog. I know. Yeah. I agree. I don't want to compartmentalize my fun. Yeah, why are we doing that? Who yeah. told us that lie? Yeah, that's a that's a bad one. I gotta pay bills. Me too, man. I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. And we can love it. We can love it all. It's yeah. not about the job you're 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 working, dude. It's about your relationship to it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let them know. Let them know everything that we got going on, dude. So we got Higher Power Workshop. We got some merch. We got some, some stuff merch. going on. You University know, I'm of Surrender. We got these University of Surrender hats. Hit us up, man. You know, we don't, I don't, I'm like, shit, I made this shirt too. 
Who said the sky is the limit? This is this is an ebb and flow flagship shirt. We have the ebb and flow logo on the back. Um, you know, we're just trying to make materials with you know that good vibration that we were talking about earlier, and then uh, got our books. We got our books. We've got a life worth dying for. It's been redesigned. That's on Amazon. Really excited about that. The ebb and flow book, obviously. Eb and I are going to work on a new book about love. Got that soon. one coming. So that'll be fun. Another conversation book. Um, yeah. You've got a bunch of books. Out. Yeah, I'm, I just totally redesigned my catalog on Amazon. I'm super stoked about that. It looks really good. I'm fucking jacked, and I'm starting to post more or uh, publish more on Amazon, like short stories, essays. I've got a new designer. Shout out to Rye at Cruzacoda Designs. He's really great. That's a great job. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, yeah, and then my How to Kill a White Man film. I'm, I'm, we're sending it to film festivals now. Uh, we're going to do a screening next month. Q&A after the screening. Yeah, I'm it's going to be fun, dude. So, same theater? Or? No, this is at uh, the Barnsdall Gallery Theater. And, uh, you know, so that'll Where's be Where's that? It's in Los Feliz. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Um, the Ebb and Flow Basic Tools to Transform Your Life. That's on Amazon. Check me out on Instagram, TikTok. What else? Got a lot of events going on. You guys know where it's at. All of this will be in the show notes. Links. And then anything else you could find on socials. <laughs> Season three. Well, technically, it's season four, I realized. (laughs) Of the podcast? This is season four, bro. Oh, I love that. We're kicking it off. Going big. Got a lot of great guests. It's going to be great. As you can see, we're dialing up the content. Uh, Lots of love to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Have an excellent rest of your day. Stay strong out there. Lock in on your process, baby. The process will take us to God. See y'all next time. Peace. What's up, guys? I want to take a second to recognize and talk about one of our sponsors for the Ebb and Flow podcast, NewFit. This is the Newbie Technology. It's a state-of-the-art electrical current that taps in your nervous system to quicken healing times, help build muscle, build strength, optimize the total functioning of your overall physical well-being. One of the founders, Garrett, or the founder of the technology, Garrett, lives in Austin, Texas. I had the chance to meet Garrett and try out the new fit technology at a wellness event that I was speaking and teaching at. It's profound stuff. It will elevate your workouts. It'll help you recover quicker from injuries. It'll help your body and your mind function better. It's a fantastic technology. Check it out at newfit, excuse me, at new.fit forward slash ebb and flow. Use code ebb and flow for a discount on your device. Incorporate it into your home gym. Or your practice, if you are a wellness practitioner, 
it's a big upgrade to anyone who is looking to optimize their well-being. Quick shout out to our sponsor, Quicksilver Scientific. Quicksilver Scientific, one of my favorite brands on the planet. Founded by Dr. Chris Shade. It's liposomal nanotechnology, liposomal delivery system, taking ancient adaptogenic herbs and roots, making them highly bioavailable. We're talking about ginseng, ashwagandha, astragalus, shisandra, goji berry, you name it, NAD, all the good stuff. They also supply Quinton, which is the ultimate remineralizer, rehydrating product on the planet since the late 1800s. Can't say enough good things about their products. I love the One, Membrane Mend, NAD Plus, Platinum, Longevity Elite. Nanofuel. Nanofuel is the ultimate mind focus, cognitive function optimizer. It's fantastic stuff. Love it so much. Thank you to Quicksilver. Head over to QuicksilverScientific.com. Use code EBBINFLOW to get yourself a discount on all of their fantastic products. Enjoy. Enjoy. 